Hey friends, Dave Hagen here. We recently got an email from Jeff that's going to allow us to talk about a complete financial plan or makeover. Stay tuned. This is Dave Hagen, and you're listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast. Welcome to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to the financial success. Here is your host, financial problem solver and talk show host, Dave Hagan. Hey, thanks, Nick. Welcome, everybody, to this week's podcast. We're in beautiful downtown Van Nuys. With me today, Mr. Brian Reed. Good morning, David. And good to see you. Good to see you, as always. Hey, everybody. A couple weeks ago, we got a voice email off of our website, thefinancialwellnesspodcast.com, where Jeff had left us a pretty lengthy message, and it's going to give us an opportunity to give him some advice uh, going from a clean slate, almost like a complete financial makeover. And uh, Brian and I have been talking about this. We've got lots of ideas and thoughts and tips, so we're going to spend the whole podcast talking about that voice email Let's cue it up. Hi, Dave. Uh, My name's Jeff, and I've got a question for you that's been bugging me for a while now. In about three months, I'm going to be starting at ground zero, and I reckon I have about 15 years of work left in me before I retire. And there are three things uh, we want. That's my wife and myself. The first is a nice two- to three-year-old Tesla Model 3. The second is to purchase a house with a 15-year mortgage and put 20% down. And the uh, third thing is to save, start saving for retirement, even though it's a bit late. Now, my question is, should these be done in parallel or should we save for one at a time and not one out at a time, uh, i.e. maybe get the car get the house and then start saving? Should they be run in parallel? Uh, should I get the uh, Tesla on or finance it or just save for cash? And how, how would you plan this, Dave? And that's my question. Thanks for the great podcast, by the way. Hey, Jeff, great question. Great question. I mean, I can think of five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten things to talk about, um, you know, in, in, including the Tesla. Oh, my goodness, you're talking about. <laughs> you love your Tesla, <laughs> that, Dave. That Tesla Model 3, I would, that, that's, a, that's a pretty, pretty thing. But uh, that's, that's towards the end, actually. Uh, what we need to do first is, you know, uh, come to some uh, understanding of, of parameters. And Brian and I, we're going to guess a little bit. But Jeff, where you say ground zero in two, three months, I'm assuming what you mean is that ground zero means you'll have no debt. You anticipate having no debt. You're paying down debt or you're doing something to make sure that two, three months from now you have no debt. I'm also going to assume that you've got a couple of uh, vehicles that are paid in full, because that would come under the gambit of ground zero, having no debt. And I'm also going to assume then that you or you and your wife have um, a job or a couple of jobs where you've got some some income coming in. Um, you, you said that you've got 15 years left, but you know while that's a good amount of time, I talk with people that have much less time available. 
but it is kind of short in the in the long term. It's it's kind of short for a a long run game. So let let's see what we can do. But before we talk about the house and before we talk about the retirement and before especially we talk about the Tesla, let's go back to the five steps to financial success that we've talked about many times uh, last year. You know, five things that I put together that people need to do to get their house in order. And number one was getting rid of the credit cards. Now, Jeff, it sounds like you've got rid of the credit cards. I mean, maybe you're going to have one business and one personal. Maybe you're going to have none if those are things that are hard to manage. Probably uh, better to have a debit card, frankly, than than credit cards. But uh, the first thing you want to do is make sure that you don't have the ability to, you know, incur significant debt on a go-forward basis. Step two, and this is something you haven't talked about at all, um, you got to know your flow. You got to know what's coming in each month and you got to know what's going out each month. And if you got jobs, well, that's kind of easy to figure out the income side, but you need to look at uh, your expenses. Used to be a little tricky to do this, but now you just put all your stuff on Quicken and you track it and you print out a, a P&L every month. But you're going to have to know what your flow is to know if you even have the ability to pursue some of these other things that you want to pursue. Um, the third step, eliminate debt. And it looks like you've done that. And congratulations, you know, to, to look that in the eye and deal with that. Um, I think that's great. The third step in many times is the hardest step because you're paying back what's already spent. So good for you. You've done that. You're going to be at ground zero. And I think that's a good thing. Number four, you need to create an emergency fund, three to six, maybe nine months worth of expenses. And I think that that's something that you should think about doing before you look at the house, before you look even at the Tesla, frankly, um, or before you start thinking about retirement, you need to have an, an emergency fund that, that's ready to go. And then you need to start putting 15% into savings for retirement. Remember a couple of podcasts ago, we talked about the fact that uh, if you're getting wages, uh, 14% is being put away, approximately 14% is being put away for you in Social Security, seven-something percent coming out of your check and your employer contributing another seven-something percent. So they're taking 14% out again uh, or already, but you're not going to get much in terms of Social Security out of that at the end, in large part because the government invests the money in T-bills and they're only getting a couple percent. If it was invested in something else, you'd get a much better retirement. So we all have to augment that, and you really should take another 15% and put it into some savings. So I think that, you know, partially the answer to your question is you got to start putting away that that 15%. That's before the house, before the Tesla, before you do these other things. Get that retirement account growing because you need to have interest starting to accrue on that to get you where you're going to be in, in 15 years. Um, just kind of by rule of thumb, if you're investing that money and getting 10%, which is a little aggressive, but if you're getting 10%, your money will double in seven years. So that means you have about two cycles at a very aggressive 10% left to to get money into that retirement account. If you are getting 7%, it's going to take you 10 years to get that money to double. So you've only got one and a half cycles to try and get that going. You really got to get that going because you don't want to put yourself in a position where 
you're relying upon Social Security only when you retire. A lot of people do. Um, and it's not a good thing. Uh, Social Security should only be used or considered to be used for about 40% of your needs when you retire. So you really got to get going, uh, get going with that. But if you do those five things first, now your your financial house is in order. You're starting to get things lined up. But what about the investment of the house, though? I mean, you know, a house is a good investment. A house is a good investment. You know, I remember in the in the eighties, I used to tell people, um, no one's ever lost a dollar in California real estate. But you know, <laughs> since then, we've had these two big uh, cleanouts. So. Um, you know, it is a good thing, and there's still a little bit of tax deductibility left for, mm-hmm. for interest. And But it seems to me that, you know, you, you really shouldn't do that until you get, you know, the basics in place, till you get some of these other things done, in, in this case, an emergency fund and, and starting money going into some kind of, of savings. Because it might be that maybe the house of the Tesla aren't really something to do or, or pursue. I mean, maybe it's too expensive. Maybe it's not, you know? Uh, but you got to get the basics. You got to get the first five things out of the way. And it looks like Jeff and his wife have the first uh, uh, three things out of the five done. I think that's really cool. But, um, you know, number four and five, creating an emergency fund and um, start putting 15% into savings, you know, maybe the thing to do, maybe the thing to do. I just don't know if this is possible, though. Given their what they're trying to accomplish, I mean, this is a lot. It's a ton, but you know, maybe it is. I mean, let's let's do some of the math. Maybe it is, or you know, I mean, maybe it isn't. Um, for example, let's let's talk about the house. You know, of course, we recommend twenty percent down, and we recommend a fifteen-year note, and that fits in with what Jeff's got going. But, um, you know, if you're going to be in the same place for six to eight years and if you're considering all the expenses, taxes and utilities and upkeep, um, you know, maybe it's something that you can pencil out and see how long it'll take you to get to that point. Although if it's going to take you, for example, five years to get the down payment together and then 15 years, now you're really talking about pushing retirement off to maybe 20. I mean, you've got to take that into account. Well, let's just even, you know, we're in California. So let's say $600,000. A nice Crazy. house. Nice house in California. Yeah, yeah. All right. If you're going to do 20%, that's 120000 down. Right. $120,000 down, 20%. I like that. Over 60 months, five years, though, that's 2000 a month. So for the next five years, you'd pay rent and you'd pay 2000 a month into a pot to have a down payment. Um, I mean, that's that, I mean that's doable. It's it's in the range, but it means for the next five years, you're going to really, you know. You're eating ramen. Yeah, you, you're tightening your purse strings and, and, yeah, eating a lot of ramen. Now, is it worth it? Yeah, probably. I mean, if you're looking at the long-term goal, which I think is really a great thing, the long-term goal in this case, 20 years, um, you know, you're in a house that you own and all you got to do is pay taxes. And uh, in California, we have something called Proposition 13 where they can't increase your property tax too much if it's your it's your house and you stay there. So now you've got some real sustainability in your, in your uh, retirement. But it means you got five years of 
saving up for a down and paying rent and, like you said, eating ramen, but maybe doable, maybe something to think about. And I think to even have these discussions and lay out these numbers is so critical because um, most people, unlike Jeff, just don't don't think about it. Now, if 120000 is down, that means that there's a note of, what, 480 About 480 yeah. I'm actually pulling out my phone right now. Okay. Because there's a calculator on it. Okay, there, there is a calculator. Oh, I thought you were it. saying you, maybe because you had a call <laughs> or something. <laughs> I was going to say, tell her I said hello. So we've got uh, 480 okay, and we want a 15-year uh, note. Mm-hmm. So we're going to divide that by 15. That gives us, all right, 32000 a year before interest mm-hmm. that they're going to be paying, mm-hmm. which then if you divide that by 12 in terms of a monthly mortgage payment, they're at 2,666 and 66 cents. All right. So a mortgage of 2,666. And by the way, this isn't accurate by any stretch. We're just like doing this on the back of an uh, envelope. I mean, there's programs out there on the internet, uh, amortization programs where you drop in the amount of the note and the term and the interest rate, blah, 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 blah. And it'll give you a more precise amount. But we're just, we're just kind of spitballing here. We're just looking, trying to give uh, uh, Jeff some ideas. So Five years of 2000 a month saving for the down payment plus the rent. At the end of five years, maybe somewhere around $2,500, $2,700, maybe $2,800, $2,900, something in, in that realm for 15 years. So a 20-year plan, and then you retire with a house that's paid for. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe it depends what you know what's going on in their life now. But if there's not the ability to even start to put together the down payment now, maybe I don't know. Maybe the home isn't the place to you know pursue. Maybe it's not the thing that you want to do. It used to be the American dream. It used to be the the panacea. It used to be the thing that everybody wanted to do. And I mean, maybe not. I mean, for example, Jeff, if you travel a lot. Um, if you get reassigned, um, you don't want to get a place and then sell a place and then get a place and sell a place. M- maybe you rent. Or um, if you don't like taking care of the yards, maybe you rent. Maybe you rent a townhome. Um, I don't know. You need to think of all those other considerations as well. But all other things being equal, if you could pencil out getting into a house, maybe, maybe. The tough thing is there's not a lot, not enough time or not a lot of time, I should say. The good thing is Jeff's thinking about this. Most people, most people don't, they don't think about this. And that's one of the reasons I'm so excited about, you know, talking about Jeff's email because he's actually thinking not long-term, but medium-term here. And he's, he might have enough years to, to pull something out. What do you think? Again, I'm, you're more hopeful on this one than I am, Jeff. I'm not, uh, not, you know, not pulling for you or something like that, but um, you're the you're the skeptic, and I'm the dreamer. Normally, it's the other way. Normally, around. yeah, we're we're, we're flip flopped on this one. Um, you know, if I guess we, you know, I'm just worried we don't know enough. Um, you know, as long as, like you said, as long as the retirement, you're, you know, he's got an emergency fund, he has been saving uh, for retirement. Then, yeah. If they buckle down even further, then, you know, I think they can get some of this stuff done. Yeah. Another thing to consider, um, you know, might be, uh, you know, where they're at in their life plan. If they have 15 years left that they wanted to work, probably if they've had kids, the kids are up and out. Mm -hmm. So you don't need like three or four bedrooms. 
Maybe two bedrooms would do it with a you know a bedroom and an office or something like that. Maybe, um, depending upon your physical condition, maybe a townhome is better than a house. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe if this six hundred thousand dollar plan that we're talking about is too much, um, you know, maybe living in another state um, when you retire, selling a house and moving to another state or moving to another state now. I mean. Uh, people just, uh, you know, pass out when they see what, what real estate is in California and, and 600,000, while it's a nice house is, you know, not a big house altogether. Not out here. Right. So it's something to consider. I mean, you know, I see people that buy a three, four bedroom house and their, their kids are up and out. And what do you do? What do you do with those rooms? Yeah, you can make one a gym that you won't use, and you can use the other one to store stuff. And you it's know, a sewing room. Yeah, yeah, or a, a man cave, or a gal cave, or a, you know, whatever that is. You know, with our particular house, uh, this was years and years and years ago. We bought a four bedroom, and uh, we didn't have any kids, so one one room was a gym, which I did use, by the way. <laughs> And the other one we like stored stuff in. And then the kids came along and, uh, you know, they were two bedrooms. And now the kids are up and out and they're empty again. And, um, you know, so there's kind of, but we've been at that house a really, really long time. So things change over time. And maybe, maybe uh, you know, Jeff and, and his wife are on the back end of, you know, of that, that family curve. And maybe they need something smaller. But using an, an example of a $600,000 house, I think is a good you know, yardstick or baseline to have this, have this kind of discussion in terms of what they want to do. Um, I don't know, Jeff, you could get this all done in 15 years. Um, but who knows now? The other thing is we really don't know what Jeff's income is. Uh, Jeff sounds like a really bright guy cause he's talking about these kinds of issues. Maybe they're going to live in a, in a place and, and maybe him and his wife will bring home two, two and a half, or $250,000 a year, you know, maybe they'll make mm-hmm. 300 between them. And this will be a very easy thing for them to do. Maybe the, uh, you know, the thing that they want to resist is getting into too big of a place. If they stick with something that they need and something that's that only what they need and something a little smaller, maybe that's a real easy plan for them. We don't, we don't know what the income end of this equation is, but in terms of expenses, um, you know, there's a, there's a road to hoe there. There's a road to hoe there. Um, what about, what about my favorite part of this now, Brian? What, what about the Tesla? What about the Tesla? <laughs> All I got to say is Jeff, great idea, dude. <laughs> great idea. Get two. <laughs> no, everybody, no, no. Everybody knows I'm a huge, uh, Tesla and Elon Musk fanboy. Huge, huge fan. Um, so what, what about that? I mean, Jeff's talking about a, a model three, which right now is about, I don't know, 50, $55,000 because they're only making the one with the super duper battery in it. And, um, but Jeff's talking about, you know, three years down the line. So, um, maybe, um, Jeff asked, should I pay cash or should I finance it? You know, Jeff, I would only pay cash only drive the kind of car that you can choose to pay cash for. Um, that's my opinion. New car or used car, I've always liked buying cars that were two, three, four years off. 
you shop around, you find something that's got low mileage, something that someone wants to get out of for some reason, those are great buys. I mean, you usually pay about half of the sticker if you wait three or four years. I just bought a car, uh, was four years off, and paid half of what it was worth, only had 28,000 miles on it. So it was a good deal to drive around. Um, that's what I think. Um, I would wait those three years, four years. I think that that Tesla's Model 3, you might be able to pick one up for twenty twenty five thousand. I think that you could easily, uh, um, you know, get that money together and then check this out. Then you buy the car and you have no car payment. And then you don't have a gas payment. Oh, man, I love that. I love that. Now, you got to have a place to plug it in. And your your electric bill at the house will go up a little bit, but not nearly anywhere close what to what you're going to save in in the gas. So your transportation expense will drop to, you know, maybe an occasional repair, although they seem to be holding up pretty well, and um, tags. So your your transportation expense will become very very minimal. Um, you'll still have the other uh, gas guzzler car, I guess, but uh, maybe the idea is once you get into the first one. You get another one a little way, a little further down. The <laughs> you line. just want them to have an entire fleet of Teslas. I know. I mean, it sounds like I'm a shareholder, and and uh, you know, believe me, I'm not. I'm not saying that because uh, I am or I'm not a shareholder. I'm saying it because. Um, you know, I, Dave, are you I dodging that future. question? Yeah. You're, you're taking the fifth on this? I'm not committing. I'm not committing. But um, I, I will admit that I'm a huge, huge fan of, of that. And I think it's uh, on a, in a bigger picture. It has already changed the automotive industry, and it's going to continue to change the, the automotive industry. I, I walked by one of these Tesla supercharging stations the other day, and... Um, you know, um, I was I was kind of shocked because there was like a dozen of these. They looked like gas pumps with a with a hose, and cars were coming in and charging up and leaving. And it was absolutely silent, silent and quiet, a quasi religious experience, <laughs> if you will. And I, I looked at it and it occurred to me that, you know, this is this is the future. This is the future of transportation. Not that the gas engine's ever going to go away. Not that there's not going to be hydrogen cars out there, because I really think there'll be some hydrogen cars. But I think that um, the cars will be predominantly, or to a large extent, electric, and people are going to be charging them at these stations. I think that all of the um, the big car companies are going to have a, an electric offering. And I think that when people start to drive a pure electric car, they're just going to come very quickly to understand that it's it's a better drive. It's just a better drive. It's, it's quieter. The torque is better. It's actually safer. You know, they talk about these Tesla cars catching fire. Well, that's like 10, 15 minutes after the crash has occurred and they've already driven it through a block wall and wrapped it around a pole. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's just a, it's a better car. Now it's going to take some getting used to, but I don't know. I think it's a better experience. And, and, you know, Jeff, you really, you really are, uh, you know, uh, piquing my, my interest with talking about this. But, uh, you know, I mean, it, Brian, have you gone into a Model 3 and seen what the interior's like? No. I mean, it's incredible. There's a monitor. I and, know. And it's all happening well through the monitor. I'm aware of okay. this, Dave. We've had this discussion before right, and right. this fight before. There, it's, it's a great car, yes. Right. It's right. just a car right. to now, me. To you, it's church. <laughs> <laughs> or at least a religious experience, huh? 
All right, all right, I get it. Brian's giving me the cut this off sign. I've talked too long about Teslas. Jeff, thanks for the uh, the audio email. If anyone else wants to send us an audio email and have us discuss your particular um, uh, circumstance, you just go to the website, thefinancialwellnesspodcast.com, and you can click the button that says leave a voicemail, and it shoots the, the message right to the phone that's uh, in my pocket. You know, that's all the time that we have uh, this week for this particular issue, but we have some interesting stuff coming up. We're going to start our entrepreneur series where we're going to interview entrepreneurs and talk about how they got started. Uh, we're going to talk about our it's my money concept to get people thinking about hanging on to their money. We're going to talk about the magic of compounding interest. Um, and I've got a couple of money managers that are going to come in and uh, tell us what we should look for when um, thinking about going to talk to a money manager, hiring a money manager. Um, and I think that that's going to be very interesting, something probably that, that, that Jeff is going to want to know about as he's talking about putting money into retirement and putting together some type of savings. So that's what we've got coming up in the future. Stay tuned. Thanks for coming in today, Brian. Always a pleasure. Always good to be here. This is Dave Hagan, and you've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast. You've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to financial success. If you have a question that you would like Dave to answer on the podcast, go to thefinancialwellnesspodcast.com. You can leave an audio message with one click of a button or type your message into the question box. Either way, it's sent right to Dave's phone. Remember, Dave will randomly draw from the submitted questions and pick the winner of a free one-hour personal conversation with Dave to help you achieve your financial goals. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you receive the new episode notifications or share the podcast via the app with your family and friends. This is your announcer, Nick Appel, wishing you every financial success.